0: Hi, my name is Giuseppe Torre. I work at University of Limerick in Ireland. Uh, Currently I'm in Sicily, uh, my home. Uh, I'm actually inside my garage, uh, which I recently emptied and I found this, Um, which is an interesting, very interesting piece of technology. Uh, It's an analog television displaying static noise. Uh, This is probably The most interesting thing uh, of this piece of equipment, because it's true static noise, it is true noise. Any kind of digital reproduction presenting you with this, which is exactly what you are seeing now, because I'm recording my speech digitally, is giving you an approximation of what I actually see. Uh, a reduction, a mathematical reconstruction, which is always a, a counted version of my actual experience of seeing here the um, uh, the analog television, and and even if I was recording through an analog camera and transmitting this entire recording uh, analog uh, via analog equipment, what you would have seen is. Um, this static noise plus all the noise accumulated on the way up to um, to you. Okay, to really uh, get the point of what I'm actually saying here, I um, I uh, I'm gonna proceed in the following manner. I'm gonna uh, read out aloud. Uh, I'm gonna read aloud uh, the for uh, each different uh, paragraph of my legal abstract. Maybe you have read before you have in front of you, and I'm going to expand. That would help me to uh, don't lose the, uh, the the thread of the discourse. So we, and I'm reading here, uh, with respect to digital technology, noise is something that is at once fo- uh, both thought and soft. We may wish to minimize noise in communication, but required for encrypting the very content communicated. We may wish to minimize noise when recording sound, but also want to use it to improve the fidelity of the recording process. Okay, let me expand on this. Uh, on this. So first of all, mind the ear with noise. Now the pre- the premises of my discussion is that with noise, I mean anything that is that is impossible to count, impossible to fall under mathematical construction or mathematical definition or anything that is um, uncountable, sorry for uh, repeating myself, uncountable, uh, so a chaotic structure, true randomness, and so on. It's basically noise is the equivalent to me of the openness of being, of our reality. Um, and what I'm trying to uh, explore here is the idea that digital technology, the difference of digital technology is exactly uh, the fact that they lack noise and so they prevent an interaction or, um, or a way of understanding, they present to us a way well of understanding reality which is actually close, close itself away from the openness of being uh, in the way it constructs reality, not in the way we interact with mind. So here I presented in this little uh, introduction, I presented two uh, ways. not uh, uh, the, the idea that noise is fought and sought at the same time. So let me give you some examples. The first example is, as I mentioned just now, was the fidelity of the recording process. Well, one would understand that in a recording process, such as now, any kind of background noise should be avoided, and that's true. So for example, it's likely you are hearing the fan of my laptop which, because I'm here now in 42 degrees, is going crazy, uh, as I am to be honest, but uh, anyway so, and so any kind of noise, unwanted noise should be avoided, so I could apply a low pass filter to and do some uh, equalization to remove that sound or minimize it um, but also you want to have a good mic that is recording very well your sound and so on, but that's the idea of people that motivate people to record sound, what is often unsaid un- is the fact that actually noise plays a fundamental, uh, fundamental step, a fundamental role in the recording process. Let me explain how it works. This is called, this is called dithering. And dithering is simple like that. So basically, my voice is very, it's producing a variation of pressure in the air, which hits the membrane of a microphone, and the, the variation, and this mem- membrane will start oscillate accordingly to the variation of pressure, which vary the current, uh, and so. on. And uh, this variation of current goes into uh, the analog to digital converter, and the analog digital convert analog to digital converter will basically take this current flow and discret- and by discretizing it will. Uh, give us an encoded version of the signal. Now, the problem is that in order to avoid quantization error, which, put it bluntly, if I have to measure this current flow but the current and I only have two steps and the actual measuring we know to be in the middle, where do we go? Do we store it as one step higher, half step higher or half step lower? Well, in order to provide and um, provide a good, uh, the best method to in order to not uh, incur in any kind of uh, uh, errors is the one to have uncorrelated noise, and therefore that's what they do. Before the signal is uh, encoded, and so before it goes into the uh, analog-to-digital di- uh, process, analog-to-digital converter process, what engineers do is add a little current. So if this is my signal, the usual sine wave, well, let's simplify the idea. Instead of being a smooth sine wave, before being digitized, it, it's added a, uh, we add a little noise, which makes it kind of that way. And therefore, now when we uh, the, uh, we go to digitize the sine the, the wave, that produces a better, quali- ultimately results in a better quality recording. Now, of course, this noise—it's not, uh, we cannot hear it. It's, an, 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 um, it, it. it's impossible to hear it, but still, it is noise in that sense. Uh, this is the first example. The other example would be noise that is used for encryption. We want noise, but that noise is a different kind of noise. We want to have it correlators. Uh, Has to be correlated to the input at least because otherwise we wouldn't be able to decipher it. Our receiver wouldn't be able to decipher it. Um, At the same time, we don't want to have noise in communication uh, and transmission. So, for example, in this analog box, we have um, we have uh, this is we see static noise, no? So it's looking for something but then it doesn't find it and the circuitry inside the box is producing this kind of, uh, the laser beam is producing this kind of static noise. But in digital transmission, something is either there or is not. And that's why your digital TV, when it doesn't sync to anything, doesn't display static noise. There's no noise, there's absolutely nothing. Either there is something or there is not. And that's why when you're not synced into a particular channel, uh, the digital TV or the digital box, box set gives you Sometimes a black screen or a blue screen uh, depends on the model. Uh, If you see static noise, I don't know if you if you see it uh, in your digital TV, that means that either your TV is also uh, has an analog input to which it's switching on to switch into if the digital signal is not received, or somebody is sending static noise (laughs) into the digital network. But uh, it doesn't make any sense because even that digital noise, uh, it will be digitally constructed. Now, the catch is that noise um, is both uh, an abstract idea and a concrete thing. That does not sit um, comfortably in relation to systems that are deterministic and probabilistic, or probabilistic, such as digital technology. This is a fact that computer scientists know very well, but is it that is systematically overlooked in order to safeguard and improve the functioning of digital technologies? So scientists do know that uh, that computers are inherently bad to uh, create noise if we are to create noise digital. But these things is overlooked in the sense is not taken care of because anyway you have to save bandwidth. So it, it, uh, the objectives is completely different. So actually, is it, the, the lack of noise uh, in digital technology is actually seen as something uh, positive because uh, it doesn't give you problems of any other source, So it, you reduce the problem, but the problem you are enclosing a system and enclosing and enclosing and enclosing always more according to the mathematical model you are giving it to. Um, so. To give you an example, if I have to create the model of myself, <laughs> I will reduce, 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 until I think uh, mathematically I can have, have the best approximation of me, but which will never be me. Um, so beyond the plethora of different kinds of noises, the comparison between analog and digital technology highlights the existence of just two types of noise. One that is naturally occurring, noise. And one that is human constructed, pseudo noise, pseudo noise. So, with naturally occurring noise, I mean exactly that. So that uh, reality itself is noise. It could be described as noise, or informed by noise, and it's just us trying that, uh, to find patterns into that, okay, or carve out zones of attention uh, in which we. Uh, Attempt to make sense out of it. Uh, we are patterns, being pattern made and, and pattern searching beings. Uh, that's our nature. I mean, it's impossible to be otherwise. We've been, we live in a planet that revolves around uh, the sun, uh, has a certain with a certain cycle. There are seasons, there are days, nights, and so on. Our biological system requires to sleep at night, to stay awake at day, and so on and so on and so forth. So we are drawn to find patterns in reality, but that doesn't mean that reality is just a giant pattern. And that's though what digital technology makes us believe to, okay? If you don't understand that the difference between Digital and the rest of other technologies—the difference of mm, just noise, uh, also in noise. Sorry. So see that human-constructed pseudo noise is what the pseudo noise is that is one that we generate mathematically. So, such as computers. So, if I have to generate static noise on digitally, very simple. I just randomize color pixels throughout the canvas. Uh, it it will look like static noise but it is not okay it is not for several reasons. first because the random ge- pseudo random the random generation routine uh, is effectively pseudo random so approximate random but it's never random so if you let it run forever and ever or for a long not for a, for a long period of time eventually you will find out a distribution pattern uh, which uh, Basically, you would see that more numbers than others are more likely to come up. Uh, You can certainly approximate this effect, but it's not the same. This is, what I have next to me, is true random. It's actually something that, (laughs) because now analog television are not available uh, or noisy to be found around, it's something really rare to to find. at the same time, amazingly beautiful to stare at. Digital technology operates by moving from noise to pseudo noise in order to, one, crystallize reality into mathematical construct. So that's the, the, uh, the example, if we go back to the example of the digital sound, that's exactly what, uh, what it is. Like uh, we're moving from noise, true noise in the detail, before it's been digitized, and then to uh, noise that it's used for many other things, okay? Such as, for example, the same process, dithering, okay? Uh, which is used to add the little noise into our uh, current flow before being digitized. It's, there's also a dithering process that is done once the sound is already digitized. And that's a process to, uh, to, um, to, uh, to scale down the bit depth of, the, of an audio signal. So if you want to, uh, if you have an audio, an audio signal, some sound recorded on 44,100 uh, kilohertz and 16 beats, but you want to down, down, uh, scale down the bit, uh, the the beat to from 16 to 8, you can use d which will help you to basically lower the bit depth without losing too much resolution. But that is done by adding noise. Which is instead digitally created, okay? So it's not the same as so adding pseudo noise rather than true noise, which is the sim- uh, which is the dithering of the pre uh, digital uh, digi- digitization process. Going back here, so digital technology operates by moving from noise to pseudo noise in order to ne- crystallize reality into mathematical construct and to create realities from mathematical construct. So yes. You're hearing my voice, and that's uh, digitally recorded, but I can create sounds which do not exist uh, in, uh, in reality, but they are just simply mathematically construct. I can give you a visual example. The folder on your desktop or on your computer is not a real folder, right? It's basically a mathematical image, mathematically reconstructed image of an idea of folder we have. Um, of, of the, of, of, or at least of the idea of a folder that the program the programmer that designed it had, in the first uh, when when encoded that, that thing. So it's not just about uh, the fact that we can find pattern in reality, but somehow digital nudge into the digital technology nudge into the idea that we can uh, recreate reality digitally. This is mind. It's not me going insane in 40 degrees uh, temperature in, in a garage. It's our, our ideas that are out there. See singularity of, or uh, and all this kind of idea of artificial intelligence and artificial paradise or uh, second lives and so on, second, third, and fourth lives. Now, these observations point to at least two further uh, implications. One is that noise may point to essential differences between analog and digital technologies, okay? And this is the first one. Um, uh, Sorry. So this is the... The second is that the presence or absence of noise may do either cripple or diverse phenomenology. So let me uh, unpack these two. So the first one is that noise may point to essential differences between analog and digital technologies. So in philosophical debate, uh, the kind of uh, philosophical discourse, the debate goes down between uh, analog and digital goes down, um, started, at least uh, to the best of my knowledge, started with Goodman and Lewis. uh, and eventually, uh, with eventually Goodman having the upend uh, with his distinction between um, discrete and continuous, uh, albeit it was the one that said we should move on beyond that. Uh, but regardless, so the the debate goes down to the, uh, to Goodman and Lewis, for for whom the difference uh, beyond the technology was the analysis of computers. They had in mind two types of computer: One that they were, to their mind, analog computer and digital, and then the digital computers. So their their debate was centered around computers. But put it that way, to distinguish uh, analog and digital through computers is very difficult. Any history of computer science would, it's very, um, a very gray area in that regard. That's because digital and analog, when applied to computer, behave more or less the same. They are instruments of calculation. So the way, uh, if you go down to the distinction between discrete and continuous, you can have an analog computer working discreetly. In the end, like a a punch card is a discrete system. Or even if you're going between input and output and, and, and again in input, still there is a delay that you have to add to the system, because otherwise input will equal the output and th- the machine will clock itself. Uh, and therefore, that's already a way of acting discreetly, no, in between two operations. Uh, like why, and this would be a point to Goodman, uh, to Lewis, it's not just a, a matter of quantity uh, versus um, poly digits, um, here I'm losing myself in terminology, but um physical quantity versus a kind of a sim- symbolism or the multi digits of the the digital. No, the point I think it's much easier to understand the difference between the analog and digital if we go down if we take a, as an example an analog synth and a digital synth, a synthesizer, so creating sound. An analog synth is something that works regardless any mathematical operation underlying it. So you may Use mathematics. You may, you know, you may, you, you may want to use mathematics in order to fine-tune the system so that it will create certain sounds rather than others. Uh, but once you have done the preliminary steps of having the right numbers of vol- uh, oscillators and so on, the machine would work regardless of any mathematical operation. Okay, it's just current flowing through and from the input to the output, through all the steps. In a digital equipment, you cannot have current just flowing in. This current must be moved mathematically or moved in order to perform mathematical calculations. And that's what the digital synth does. So, yes, of course, there is current flowing, otherwise, the computer would, wouldn't turn on. But the, f- the electrons and the current flow in a computer is used to reproduce, to enact calculations. An analog scene. No, so in digital calculation, digital cal- calculate, analog uh, calculation is just uh, useful, uh, I mean because to the, to the fine tuning of the system, but in a digital, no, no counting means no digital, it's, it's just a piece of dead hardware, doesn't do anything. Uh, you may have current flowing through. But if that current is not moved so as to perform mathematical calculation, it won't do anything. So the second is a different phenomenologies, uh, crippled phenomenology. So I see a difference there, and I want to conclude here, because I'm running out of time, is that rather than seeing uh, technology as revealing by challenging, or as a standing reserve, I'm here referring to Heidegger, which is often mentioned in relation to modern technology, because, of course, it distinguished between modern technology and kind of uh, pre-industrial technology, industrial revolution technology. I will here nod to a further difference. I think, and this is something that gets very lost, in, not just in Heidegger but in much literature, that a difference, also in the arts, um, a difference between analog and digital technology. Because with digital technology, um, digital technology and is much more than revealing by challenging. Uh, there's nothing to if if it reveals something. Uh, digital technology just reveals a psychosis, our psychosis, a psychosis for which uh, reality has been made to conform to our mathematical construct idea of it, and one which might be too. Uh, this is maybe even too much for phenomenology. So we. We can believe that mathematics uh, uh, can help us to understand reality, but certainly we cannot say that reality is mathematics. Okay, at least I think that would be a bit too much. But the ubiquitous of the digital knowledge into the idea, no? the idea that, what you, that the, the difference between this kind of static noise and a kind of random noise that I can recreate digital through a whatever program, uh, a few lines of C++. It does uh, equals this static noise. It's not the same. It's not the same because the noise into the digital is basically constructed. It's pseudo noise. It's basically um, if um, it's a, it's a ring, okay, It's a circle without the hollow. While this static noise, and with hollow, I mean the noise. Instead, here we have a ring. Uh, we have a ring with the hollow around because this is part uh, is it embedded into the reality and the chaotic structure of reality. Now, of course, digital digital technology belong to our reality as well. Uh, we interact with them. Uh, they belong to our phenomenal reality. But the way in which they present reality to us is in the form, or at least pretend to be in a kind of a constructed mathematical form, which doesn't, doesn't give us any chance to interplay. So it's a kind of a closed box, it's a given box, which doesn't, it gives us something, but the interaction or that we always assume is happening with them is just a fake one. It's a, it's a script, it's not an open interaction. Uh, it's a script thank you